Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. Yes, it is indeed time for Movies and Booze, fresh from their moon facials. We're joined by Olivia Fahey, Serena Bellissimo and Linda Coogan. Good afternoon to you all. Afternoon. <laughs> yes, I, I, are you all well? Are you cheating, Linda? You're not actually bringing in... Well, you brought in one bottle of wine. The other one isn't really alcohol. It is actually alcohol, but I'm diluting it with uh, ginger ale and ginger beer. Because, okay. you know... Just to be different, All unexpected. Right. Okay, well, me. what is it? It's, it's, it's a, bitters? It's a, it's a bitters. So it's bar, Barra Bitters and it's from the Barra Peninsula and it's made by two fabulous ladies, um, farmers, who have just got this beautiful product, fairly new to the market and this flavour is smoked pear. They have different flavours, but it's just really interesting. Like, I, I'm surprised I'm doing something that is not alcohol, more alcohol-based, but uh, like it is 25%, but you use a dash. Right, so, yeah. Because people would be familiar with Angostura bitters, for This instance. is an alternative yeah. and it's supporting yeah. Irish uh, business. So Okay, excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. And what's the wine we're going to be talking about? It is um, a beautiful wine from Puglia, um, a little old favourite of mine that I just got reintroduced to and I just still love it so much. So I know you're going to love this. Okay, uh, I'd say I will. Yes, I will. I'd say I will. Uh, right, so uh, uh, the Meg 2, mm-hmm. um, Oscar Buzz? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I don't know who asked for Meg 2, but it certainly wasn't, <laughs> wasn't myself or many, many, many other people. But uh, yeah, it apparently warranted a, a sequel and um, it's called The Trench and they dive into a trench. And there's a big fish there that eats them all or eats many people. Yeah, actually, there's more than one. Right, a family of... Is it the same one that was in the in the first film or are they, like, at all related? So, I will actually have to admit, I didn't see the first one. So I've gone into this one completely blind. And you and, and you didn't was, have to catch up or anything no, or not, ask anyone? Not yeah, even in the slightest. No, okay. Because it's because I saw the trailer for it, it just struck me that it wasn't taking itself too seriously. And, and it is, I think the... The slogan is back for for seconds or oh, something. I'll actually so, tell you, yeah. the official synopsis says, there is shark, shark is big, shark bite, so baby shark. That's the actual... That is, like, that is the yeah. official synopsis that is on Wikipedia and IMDb. That makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> I know. But like, <laughs> the film doesn't make any sense either. No, buddy. of course not. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, grand. Jason Statham just runs away from a big fish. And... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Why uh, Why is it called that? all of that except apart from trying to use up all the M's? Uh, well, essentially it's called Mutant Mayhem because there's more than one mutant aside from the turtles. So because technically they are mutants in this iteration. And yeah, there's a lot of hijinks. There's a massive cast who are voicing some of the other mutants. And do you know what? It's just a little bit fun. And I'm just like, here's in a half shell turtle power. Let's go. <laughs> okay, you're enthusiastic about this. Do you know what? A hell of a lot more than I thought I was going to be. <laughs> okay, so Oscar Buzz there then. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, but they're all on strike. You can't talk to any of them. And, no. and, and uh, uh, the, the, I, I, you're going to tell us about who's, who's donating money to help them out. I'd be interested to know who's not donating money to well, help them out. That's, that's the list I want to see because they have gone on strike. You know, we were watching before they went on strike. We were all there going, why is Barbie being advertised a month before they're going on strike? But they obviously knew this was coming because yeah. if, if they left the press to when they wanted to, we wouldn't have had any interviews because it's interesting. Not only can these actors not talk about upcoming movies, they're also not talking about anything that they have done for studios. So mm. if you want to interview someone, 
you have to interview them about their lives and who's going to talk to you about their lives? They want to keep those personal. So yeah. the the strike, the writers have been on strike for months now. The actors have just joined them and they've set up an emergency relief fund because a lot of the actors, and we're not talking about the likes of Matt Damon and Tom Cruise, they're going to be okay. It's the ones who are waiters, the ones who have need the second jobs mm. in order to keep their, their acting career going. And a lot of them, apparently last week alone, there were 400 applications for emergency relief. This is just to do basic stuff like keep their house, um, keep food on the table. <sighs> Healthcare in America is nuts. And part of the thing of, about being part of this union is that your healthcare will be provided for. They're losing their health cover. If you need to go to the doctor, it's going to cost you a fortune. Mm-hmm. So we know that when this first started, um, Dwayne Johnson actually went out and went, he's a million dollars to this fund and then everyone else went okay if the rock's doing it we better step uh, step up obviously oprah's contributed meryl streep arnold schwarzenegger um then i love there's a whole heap of couples who have rec- uh, donated george and amal clooney luciana and matt damon well, no hang on there let me just re- I, like the couples are are they donating a million or just half a million each because oh, that's cheating that's a good point no they've only donated a million oh, when you get back scabby. onto them yeah, totally. yeah didn't think of that because j-lo and ben affleck also only donated a million. But Julia Roberts, there's also Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. So yeah, I'd be interested interested to see who hasn't. So far they've raised about $15 million. So that's that's pretty good. This I was in LA, did I tell you I was in LA recently? <laughs> and I was talking to some screenwriters and some actors, not the A-listers, obviously the the ones who are just getting by, and they expect this to last a while and they're all struggling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because I, I think the studios are uh, their big evil plan is that we'll just let this go for the rest of the year until they're so broke they have to come, they'll have to roll over and do what they're told. Well, that's came out, that's what came out with the riders. Yeah. With the riders, they were just going, okay, well, if we keep going a couple of months, we're going to financially cripple them, which is terrible. So, it's great to see that foundations like this have been set up and that the actors, if you are a member of these um, associations, you can seek some relief. Because right. that's tough. Okay. The thing is, yeah, I know it's, you know, good. They've all given a million. They'll probably have to chip in a bit more I'd say as time goes on. Tom Cruise, Rob Lowe. Yeah, where's Tom Cruise? Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's he's released a statement. But, but look, the other thing is people could be giving and we just don't know. They may not want to make a big deal of the fact that they've given. Yeah. Though I would imagine it puts, like, if, if all the A-listers gave money. Yeah. Uh, um, to the to the unions, yeah. then that puts pressure on the Hollywood studios. Going, look, all our the people who make us money yeah. are supporting them and, get, and putting their money where their mouth is, and they're prepared to bankroll this for going as long as it, it, it you know it's exactly. supposed to go. And interestingly enough, though, so nothing is happening with studio productions, the major studios, but the independent films. The union has signed off and going, yeah, like if you're working for the likes of A24 or any independent productions, please continue. So the actors, because they've signed off on on what the actors want. So the actors and the screenwriters are going, we're prepared to work just under these conditions. And, Mm. yeah, if you look at some of... Some of the stuff that they've got in those contracts is just scary. And I was at the Academy Awards Museum there, which is phenomenal. But I was looking at some of the letters that studios wrote to actors then and what Ah. they were banning them from doing. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is happening all over again. That was like the 1920s, 1930s. So this isn't something new, just the AI and stuff like that isn't new. That's interesting. But Kieran was interviewing uh, Donald Gleeson because the Gleesons were doing, uh, uh, it's a charity thing. They weren't... uh, um, um, so obviously he wasn't going to talk about any uh, any acting work, 
But he, but, but apparently, even though the terms and conditions that you get in the United States are actually better than what you might get on this side of the Atlantic, it's actually quite good relative to, relatively speaking. Uh, yeah, but still, it's, it's yeah, not, still quite, not great. Do, do you know what it is? It's, it's the possible threat. So, like, it, you know, there is the residuals and all of that that they're talking about, but at the end of the day, it's the AI. That's what is scary. Yeah, because that'll do for an awful lot of people. Jane says, I dragged my boyfriend to Barbie and absolutely hated it. Are there other women in the world who didn't find it super empowering and utterly awesome? It just made me cringe, says Jane. Oh, no. It's Jane. Just be clear, Jane didn't like it, not the boyfriend. I brought my two sons to that yesterday. I thought it was incredible, but I still have to process it still. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think I want to go and see it again. It takes a little while to digest, yeah. It's so good. I saw it in an American cinema and I loved it because... It was um, stereotypical of what you imagine American cinemas to be. So, like, I asked my kids for their reviews and stuff and my my seven-year-old son was like, oh, my God, the popcorn was amazing because it was super huge. (laughs) But the audience during that America Ferreira speech where I cried and got goosebumps it was whooping and hollering yeah, and Yeah, they do that. I like, yeah. Yes. Shut I up, want, I can't hear it. I literally yeah. wanted to stand up in my chair and like applaud it I for did. the first time I saw it. Did you? Oh, amazing. Because yeah. like, no. it is just such a good thing. It, oh, it's fabulous. It's a brilliant film. Oh, no, it's a fa- I, Yeah, I couldn't did get over it. it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and in fact, I actually went to see it and then I met some of my daughters and then basically ruined it for them because I told them every <laughs> single bit of it. Um, it was great. <laughs> I remember, though, seeing the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. Uh, and there's a bit in the original Ghostbusters towards the end of the film and they're driving down, they're getting, uh, you know, everyone's cheering them because they're fantastic. And there's a bunch of Hasidic Jews on the sidewalk cheering the Ghostbusters. And I saw Ghostbusters in a cinema in Tel Aviv. And when they threw up the shot of the Hasidic Jews, the place erupted. Oh, wow. Jews in America! <laughs> you know, that, that was, yeah, it was extraordinary. <laughs> So uh, Leah Rimini is suing Scientology. I suppose you should explain who she is first because it wouldn't be a household name, really. Yeah. Okay, so it's... okay. <laughs> no, I, Linda knows who she is. No, so, I don't. Oh, you don't? Right, okay, sorry, yeah. But I, did you watch um, King of Queens? Yes. 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 Yeah, she was yeah, the wife in yeah. King of Queens or a lot of people will know her as J-Lo's best friend. <laughs> That's what I would say. But she's also very outspoken when it comes to Scientology because she walked away, I think it was in 2013, and... One thing that she has, now this is all alleged and I'm putting that before this, but she has said that, you know, when you leave, they make your life terrible and they put all this pressure on you and they try to ruin your life. And she said that that is what's happened to her. So she is suing the Church of Scientology for damages, but also to stop them from doing this to somebody else. Because it's it's full on, it's actually really interesting. She's done a documentary on it. She's won two Emmys for it. It ran for three years. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. This was only served on Wednesday, so it's going to be interesting to see because um, mm. they're also very secretive. So how are the Church of Scientology going to handle this? Because a lot of their stuff is going to become public. They can be slippery. Yeah. Uh, uh, that way, all right. Yeah. So, yeah. So we're going to watch this space because whether you know what Scientology is or not, I think everyone's interested because, I mean, one of the most popular Scientologists is Tom Cruise mm-hmm. and Will yeah, Smith. So it's very the... celebrity-based. Oh, Will Smith one as well. Oh, has he, he walked is, away? It, it, or is that an alleged, It's an alleged, supposedly... like he's, he's got a lot of friends in there and they've always yeah. tried to recruit him, but I don't okay. know if he and Jada ever actually officially signed on. Okay, so let's... Or maybe it's come out since then, but the last I read... No, uh, let's which, go with yours. Which was around Slapgate, <laughs> of course. Um, 
because someone had called him a Scientologist and then a load of people were like, no, he actually hasn't come out as a Scientologist. Okay. So maybe he's a secret Scientologist. Okay, do, do you come out as a Scientologist <laughs> now? That's uh, You're in the Scientology closet for a while yeah. before it actually happens. The, backla- the Barbie backlash is starting. I didn't <gasps> love Barbie either. My middle name is Jane. Maybe it's the name. And Lou Wing always says the Barbie movie was a disgrace. I was also I also was cringing with my 19-year-old daughter 10 minutes in. We wanted to leave. What a pile of SH1T. Uh, says Lou. When you say you wanted to leave, Lou, what, did they lock the doors? And, uh, <laughs> that's very concerning, uh, the practices they're carrying out in, in cinemas in Galway. Well, there you go. Well, I don't know. You can't make somebody like something, I suppose, really. I thought it was extraordinary myself. But, um, it was phenomenal. It oh, it really was. It's, it's just so wonderful. I, I've already seen it twice and I can't wait to go see it again. Well, I saw it with the seven-year-old boy, 12-year-old daughter, and then four adults, two guys, two girls, and all of us loved it. And have you, like the one, when we went to see it, like loads of people dress up in Barbie gear. So. I didn't know that was a thing. I had the Ken shirt that I wore to the, the screening. That I yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you do it on purpose? Because So what happened was we all said we were going to go watch Barbie and none of us spoke about what we were going to wear. And we turned, that wasn't happening till night. We turned up that morning and all six of us were in a shade of pink. The sub, like the marketing <laughs> has gotten into our subconscious. Okay, that's, that's scary. Isn't yeah. it scary? And then you turned up and it was a sea of pink. Now, you yeah. know that some people went to the extra effort, but like I think a lot of us have been brainwashed because yeah. that wasn't done on purpose. I, I did it on purpose purely because I was dared to do it and I had been doing a video <laughs> showing off all of my Barbie dolls for work. And I had the shirt on for that. And then they were like, okay, well, now you have to wear it to the screening. And I was like, oh, no, but I'm, I'm allergic to pink. Like, I don't really wear, like, this is about as pink as I go. I'm wearing like a burgundy jumper here today. Yeah. And this is usually as pink as I go. So for me to show up in that shirt, like, it, it was a big deal. And I felt <laughs> yeah. dirty. But then I felt like really happy to be in it after the film. So I was See? like, there you go. <laughs> I, I actually rebelled against the marketing because it's so pink everywhere, which I, I love marketing. It's so interesting. I wore black and I'm wearing black again today to rebel against the whole bar. Yes, yes. But I yeah. also want to be like, I loved it so much. Yeah. You just wanted people to think you're going to see Oppenheimer. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen that. I yet. don't know. Yeah, do people get dressed up for Oppenheimer? I, uh, yeah. uh, what would you wear Something for that? Something really serious. Yeah. You, you yeah. might wear pink. <laughs> uh, you wear like a suit and like have a cross on and a cup of coffee or something. Uh, going carrying a big button. Uh, it's, it's very tasteless, though, if you think about what the net effect of it was. Uh, somebody on Twitter says the best line in the Barbie movie was the head of Mattel saying, Oh, Proust Barbie, that she did not sell well. <laughs> that was. Uh, Many, many great. I could actually do an utter spoiler for the next 40 minutes on that. Uh, right. So anyway, Linda, what are we having for a drink? We are having the Berry Bitters with the ginger ale and ginger beer. Lovely. I'll pass yeah. this one down. Now you can top it up here if you want to have a few more dashes okay. of the Lovely. pear. Um, but. Oh, smell. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. So ginger ale and ginger beer, non-alcoholic poachers brand. Um, this is what I tasted it with first when I mm. tried it. Um, so this lady, Mary, um, had the the bitters out for tasting um, in McHugh's off-license. That's what they're doing. They're going around to independents, trying to get them to support them and getting customers to taste them. She sold out of everything that she had in stock that day from people tasting it because you're not going to go out and buy a bottle of bitters. Yeah, Who does? because it's a kind of back of the cupboard thing. It's yes. a back yeah. of the cupboard. I do. Have you had vodka <laughs> lemon lime bitters? So this is my new drink. thing. This is Very my new good. drink. It really is. And, and Mary just talk to me like just talk to people about it how it's made so it's organic alcohol 
uh, this particular one, like she knows what's in every single batch because they're that involved in the whole process. Um, so it's a grain alcohol and um, organic certification is in the pipeline, but it's not yet. Um, and they use two different um, eating pairs and one cooking pair for this particular batch. Um, and they slice them, dry them and they get them smoked in a place in Cork. And it just, you know, there's a whole process. So there's the natural ingredients are smoked pear, lemon peel, allspice, black peppercorns, some other things that I don't know what they are, cloves, <laughs> vanilla. But you don't have to worry. But all natural. No, no, yeah. no. I just can't pronounce what this is. Chin and Chowa bark. I don't know, something Oh, like that's that. my favourite bark. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's suitable for um, vegans and it's just very refreshing. I mean, I added a couple of dashes to, there's 130 servings in this particular bottle. Mm. You can get them in a small version, but it's more expensive. But orange smoked pear and aromatics. So just the kind of general aromatics, which would be much more intense flavour. But imagine this with goat's cheese, a little bit of honey and toaster brioche. This infused with that. How amazing would that taste? Okay, that's nice. Now, I know we're not supposed now, to eat on air and all, but so. <laughs> I must say, though, what's interesting about you, what you've done today as well is that normally, because I thought like bitters were, you know, were part of a complex, you know, you had to have four or five kind of ingredients, but you this is two ingredients. So Simple. Yeah. it's my, I can't believe that, like, I'm coming home and I just want something thirst quenching, but it's just refreshing. And you can add as little or as much as you want to just get a more intense flavour. So it is um, available in selected independents at the moment. The Celtic Whiskey Shop, McHugh's in Artane and Kilbarrick, Sweeney's in Glasnevin and on their own website as well. So a 20 um, CL bottle is 30-ish euro. And they do five CL bottles, which is t- teeny tiny, but it's 18 euro yeah, for that. It's, so it's a dash you'd be putting in. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but I think the way they market it and they give you recipe cards and they have stuff online and um, they're beautiful. Um, telling you what you can do, food recipes, drink recipes and all sorts. I'll, I'll, okay, beautiful. excellent stuff. So that's, fair that's play really to, nice, Linda. Yeah, yeah. bear of bitters down on the, on the peninsula. There you are. Uh, someone says, I have 16 bottle of bitters, which we use regularly in our cocktail bar. <laughs> Nice that people on the south side are listening to us. Uh, Fiona says, uh, Barbie was hilarious. The whole thing was irony, wasn't it? Not to be taken seriously, people. Uh, Somebody else wants to know, can I bring my seven-year-old son to Barbie? Isn't it 12s technically in this country? Yeah, it's 12. But you were not in this country when you brought your child with Serena, (laughs) so that's all right. I brought my seven-year-old, or six-year-old and 12-year-old, but it is like adult company. Mm -hmm. No? Mm. Uh, I, yeah, I don't he, know. He was a yeah. little, he didn't get a lot of the thing. It went over his head, but he yeah. loved the, the colours and the the fun of it and thought it was quite entertaining. Well, it's PG-13, so doesn't that usually mean Prinkly it's guidance. Guidance. Yeah, yeah, And around, I'm not yeah. a great parent. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not great. But there's nothing like, they're not going to come out with any, you know. No, there's nothing. Yeah. No. Well, actually, uh, my <laughs> husband and I went to see Barbie on Monday. Uh, coming out of the cinema, we, we overheard teenagers behind us asking each other, what's a gynecologist? <laughs> there you go there you, that's why we need more Barbie movies in the world uh, so uh, Olivia what movie would you like to do first oh I think we're going to start with the Meg 2 I have a rant brewing so let's okay, go okay that's good big scary f- how did your pet shark get down here Juming? she must have escaped proximity alert Megs
biggest meg anyone's ever seen. There you go. Big fish. Big scary fish. Yep. What is a meg? Is a meg is short for something. A dinosaur. Mega- megalodon. Megalodon. Okay, is that a real thing? Or yeah. Or just they make that up? Yeah, okay, no, they're, right, they're okay. really, 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 really big sharks, essentially. Okay. So they're from, you know, prehistoric era. Um, I can't remember the exact time that they were in. And our dino guy on Geek Ireland did actually tell me this before. Mm. <laughs> I cannot remember what he said. Sorry, Sean. Um, but yeah, so essentially... It's the second instalment. They're going off chasing big fish again. And this time it is set in a really big trench. So basically they're going on a diving expedition. And as they're sort of doing their thing, they discover that the pet Meg that they have in their own facility has escaped and is now kind of like chasing them around the place. So then they have to dive down into the trench, discover that there's loads of other Megs there. And it just turns out that it's mating season. So they all want to try and get it on with the, with the pet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. It is as ridiculous as it yeah. sounds. And I'm really like, trying yeah, to, keep, okay. to like say it as seriously as I can. But there, there is no seriousness about this mm. film. It is like... So they're trying to save the Meg's virtue, the pet Meg's virue. Not from even. All the other it's Megs. mentioned in passing and then not really mentioned again until like the very end mm, of the God. film. And I'm like, well, clearly they're trying to set up for a third installment where, you know this Meg got pregnant during this expedition or something like yep. that. Um, but yes, they end up in the trench and they discover that there's actually a, a group that are illegally mining in the trench and they get kind of caught up in all of that. And then the hijinks really begin. And that's the plot. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, and, and do Megs, by their very nature, want to destroy humans and, and you know, Pretty their much, infrastructure? Yeah, a little bit like... Real sharks, um, well, maybe not to the same extent, but they will see a human, um, or at least like sharks that are portrayed on film, like Jaws, um, they see a human swimming in the sea and they kind of go, chomp. And there is actually a line in the film. It's like, oh, see you later, chomp. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This is the level we're talking at here, lads. It's like, you know... Blackbird? Who, who saw Blackbird, the Michael Flatley film? Right. Are we Blackbird bad? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the <laughs> wow. lines, like, you can't actually tell if the lines are being delivered with, like, when they're trying to be serious or if they're intentionally trying to be funny. You can't actually, like, distinguish them. And because of the, like, Ben Wheatley is the director and he's actually a very good director. He has done films like High Rise with Tom Hiddleston and Luke Evans. He did the Rebecca remake on Netflix, uh, Free Fire with Army Hammer, Brie Larson and our very own Killian Murphy. So he got, he has like quite a few good kind of like underground cinema movies to his name. Mm. And this is kind of like a, one of his like bigger budget ones and you're just kind of like, ah, oh, Ben, what are you doing? Like, But apparently he's like all game for doing a third. And I was like, no. Is the paycheck really good? Like, Presumably, it, it yeah. must yeah. be. But like one thing I think is that this, the first one did phenomenally well in China. And I think that ah. this film is really and truly just sort of made for them. And there is actually even like, there's two characters who, now it is subtitled for English speakers, but there's a lot of dialogue that is actually in, I, I'm going to say Chinese, but I don't know Mandarin. if it's Mandarin. Yeah, or, yeah. Or one of so them, yeah. It, in 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 their local tongue, shall we say? <laughs> but there's probably Chinese money then invested in it. I would I would be very surprised if there wasn't. Yes. Okay. That makes that makes more sense. Yes. Because all those there's a lot of those big disaster movies. The ones with the big robots, where the, the Idris Elba was driving big robots. Well, half of that seemed to be set in China for some reason. Oh, was that Pacific Rim? You're thinking? Yeah, of? or yeah. With that thing, something yeah. like that. Yeah. 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 One of those things. Yeah. Yeah. They're all they're they're all just kind of like 
uh, shoot, shoot, bang, bang, explosions and a few, well, sure, a that, few puns here and there. Isn't that Mission Impossible? Isn't that a lot of these kind of films? So I would say no to Mission Impossible because I actually have a soft spot for that franchise. I haven't seen the most recent one, mm-hmm. but I do think that if you are just looking for something that is actually sort of more entertaining and has really good action sequences, then Mission Impossible is the one to go to. Um the Meg too is literally you're kind of going with your mates and you're looking for something that you can just take the Meg out of. But how long does it go for? Because Mission Impossible Part One goes for three hours, and there's, then there's a Part Two that you have to sit through. So how long does the Meg go for? Mm. Seventy five thousand hours. No, <laughs> it, it's, it is actually only two hours, but it feels like it's seventy two. That should be a ninety minute type movie that then becomes yeah, well, a cult classic. Yeah. It, and even are the action sequences any good? Even. It's all CGI, I assume, anyway. A lot of it is, yeah. There are some bits that you're kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Like when um, Jason Statham, of course, he is showing off his um, fight choreography skills. Like, <clears> they're done quite well. Uh, some of the other action sequences, like there's bits of him on a jet ski doing things that you're kind of like, you'd be dead if that happened. But, you know, he's Jason Statham, so of course he's totally fine. Um, so there's you're kind of getting like the, the two sides <laughs> of, of the action sequences. Yeah, but that's, but you see, that's an interesting thing. Actually, to me, that's revealing in the sense that a lot of action films, they'd be dead if they did that. Yeah. But the fact that it even occurs to you at the time shows that it hasn't suspended your disbelief sufficiently for you to Not be involved in Not in the slightest. Like, there was nothing realistic about this. And, like, as much as, like, the Geek Ireland team, we love our dinosaurs and all this type of stuff and... No, I hate I hate to poo poo over another film of this nature because I did that the last time I was here as well. But no, it is a a big fat no no for me. Uh, Des says I don't care how bad the Meg is; it can't be worse than the thing called Lava Lava Luncula on the Sci Fi Channel about giant frail breathing spiders coming out of a volcano. Well, I haven't seen that because I'm a severe arachnophobe. But I'm going to take your word for it. Yeah. That's not bad. Uh, does the Big Fish movie have hidden depths, maybe, says Richard, who enjoys a pun, uh, it must be said. Uh, your panel uh, on Friday afternoon should try uh, Wex, uh, Wexbury. It's vodka infused with Wexford fruit. Oh, okay. uh, Apparently it's made by a, a Wexford company. Uh, I'm proposing people should wear a Trilby hat when going to see Oppenheimer, uh, says Kevin. That would, that would fit. Yeah. Uh, the backlash against Barbie, though. Agree with Lou about Barbie. Took my seven-year-old daughter and have so much regret. It was an uh, adult's messaging about politics and sexism instead of a kid's movie. Awful. But I don't okay. think they ever, in fairness, said it was a kid's exactly. movie. Exactly. They have pr- like properly advertised it as, it's not really a kid's movie. This is for the nostalgic adults that are going to kind of relive their youth a little bit. To a certain extent, but then also feel, you know... Totally empowered. It goes over the kids' heads. A bit yeah, like, that it young. does. Like, I chose to bring my son knowing it was for an adult. But, yeah. the but what it's colour, about is an yeah. important, you know, yeah. if they get even a bit of that. Barbie will destroy the world by wow. influencing billions of people to be just as materialistic as she is. Just look at all the pink outfits that were bought by people just to go to the cinema to see it. I swear all the atom bombs in the world could not cause as much environmental damage as Barbie mania. Has that person seen the movie? I, I don't know. I, I uh, and, was, and I suspect they may be just trying to wind us up <laughs> rather than uh, um, that they actually think It's that. Friday afternoon of a bank holiday. We don't Yeah, they, 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 Yeah, and yeah. as someone with a science degree, I'd also like to say, I, I, 
think you need to go back to class, mate. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Uh, uh, pink outfits have less fallout uh, than bombs. I think scientists have established that without a shadow of a doubt. Taylor Swift is giving presents to her fans, or not to her not fans, to her her crew, her crew. Yeah, uh, while screwing the bejesus out of anybody who tries to buy a ticket to one of her gigs. Are you one of the bitter fans as well? Because I am. Uh, no, I'm not a fan, but I am just bitter about it. Yeah, just because yeah. I saw so many people were put through the ringer about this yeah. who were genuine fans it was it was like borderline cruel the way they did this I don't understand how and look tickets have always been hard to get you know remember camping out I camped out once and once only and it was for a band I didn't even like but I liked a boy who was camping out so I went to Bon Jovi and camped out for Bon Jovi okay but um so they were always hard but you always got them I don't understand why they have become so hard now to get tickets. You've got the pre-register, then the register, and then try and get the tickets. But look, this concert is bringing her in a lot of money. This is getting her to near billionaire status. Yeah, they reckon, they reckon yeah, she'll, she'll get a billion in from yeah, this tour. But I have to say, I'm so impressed with her. One, for the way she's been um, handling herself and, you know, chatting to the fans and the the show seems incredible. That's why there's a massive demand. But she's made millions and millions and most people would probably walk away with those millions and millions. She has given $55 million worth of bonuses to her crew, um, including dancers, caterers. She hasn't forgot anyone. Now, usually there's, uh, she has about 50 truck drivers and usually like tips are, you know, in America, uh, tips are a massive thing. And usually on a tour like this, you would get between five and $10,000 in a tip. So the drivers turn up to the uh, session in LA. She's playing, um, she's finishing this leg of her US tour. We thought this was the end for the US, but she's just announced that she's going back next year and doing some more. But she's finishing this leg of the tour. The drivers went into the Sophie Stadium. They were expecting to, you know, talk through what was going to happen. Taylor Swift's dad walks in and says, you know, I'm just here. Apparently the family is amazing. They turn up to all the meetings and they. he said, I'm just here because I've got to give you something from Taylor. And he hands out envelopes and they're getting their envelopes and they must be thinking, sweet, this is a bit of a tip coming our way, a bit of a bonus. And apparently some of the truck drivers opened the envelope they looked in, but they didn't want to seem crass, so they didn't look properly. So some of them thought they got maybe $1,000. Some of them thought they got $10,000. No, nah. $100,000 bonus per truck driver. Like wow. this is life-changing ha- money. Cash? Check. Okay. So they probably will be taxed. You'd, you'd be taxed on that, wouldn't you? Even yeah, well, I imagine bonus. cash would be, you know, yeah. a bit dodge. Yeah, like but- unless you have some, like, mafiosa to drive it over there. <laughs> But $100,000, I mean, they've been on the road with her for about, I think it's about 24 weeks. So they've been away from their family for a very long time. Yeah. And even if you are taxed on this, this is still life-changing money. And say what you will or think what you will of Taylor Swift, she is making a fortune, but a lot of people who make a fortune don't give back. Mm-hmm. $55 million is less monopoly money, I know, but that's still a lot of money to be giving away, and that's mm. what she's done. And okay. 100000 to the truck drivers. Uh, Sean, are you being paid to say the Barbie movie is good? Yes. <laughs> Taylor Swift just came in here and handed me a, a, an envelope stuffed with cash. You are listening to The Moncrief Show and News Talk. We do have to take a break. Uh, back in a couple of minutes. All right, let's move on to our second drink of the day, Linda. Um, absolutely. So this is Vignetti del Salto Imuri Negro Amaro. I'm Italian for the day, yes? It was like we were there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, how would you actually say that, Serena? <laughs> Give us a look at the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> Imori um, Vignetti del Salento. And you did really well. Thanks. I think you did really okay, well. Okay, yeah. She humiliates you and then tells you you did really well. No, right? I think you did really well. 
Back um, yourself. So, Emory, the one with the black label on the little lizard's tail, does what you look for, okay? <laughs> so, um, I basically, this was one of the first wines that I actually fell all in love with all over again. And I found something that I wrote about it like five years ago. And I said, um, it's from Puglia, southern Italy. And I said that it's soft and smooth with a hint of mocha and it's only gorgeous. <laughs> only gorgeous. gorgeous. Um, but I said the bottle somehow manages to empty itself. <laughs> and they do that. Yes. Yeah. It's oh, like it's really intoxicating those. It's real wild mixed berries here. So the grape is Negro Amaro that people may not have heard of. Um, and it's. Another grape town in Puglia is Primitivo, also known as Zinfandel. But for this, you know, you're getting to see some supermarkets popping up with some Negro Amaro on them. And it's popping up on wet restaurant wine lists as well. So this would be a kind of premium example. It's about 18 euro in good independence. And I just think the length and how long it lasts, it can totally, doesn't need any food at all. You could totally drink this on its own. But you could have it with burgers, pizza, pasta, absolutely Anything. Yeah. Isn't oh, it real it's smooth? Isn't oh, it very is smooth, yeah. So the tannins are just so well integrated. They're so smooth and velvety. And I just... It kind of tastes of Italy. It kind of tastes of Italy can, in September when it's like being incinerated during the summer. And, you know, uh, it's just turning ever so slightly into... There's me waxing lyrical. <laughs> I haven't had a little slug of the bitters there. Uh, right, so, ta- so uh, like, there seems to be a thing with Americans going over and getting involved with uh, soccer clubs. Tom Brady yes. is going to do this so, now. So we had the fictional guy of Ted Lasso. Did you yeah. watch that? I didn't actually, no. no. Sean, it's really no, I, good. No, again, it's just time. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? There's not much commitment needed. It's 18 episodes in total. Oh, no, maybe a little bit more because it was 12 in the final season. But they're only between 30 to 45 minutes long. Okay, and that's always a winner. Yeah, yeah so absolutely. it's really good. Jason Sudeikis, um, up for 20-odd Emmys as well, if that goes ahead. But it's not about him. We had him first anyway. Then we had um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. They went over to Wrexham. Yeah. And we know the success Hollywood story there. Tom Brady, who we know as NFL superstar, seven-time winner of the Super Bowl, he has gone and invested in um, a Sky a Skybet Championship Club, Birmingham City. So he's become a minority owner and he's also become a chairman of a new advisory board. Now, he put this up on Twitter and he was like, I'm so excited. Here we go. Proud to be part of the Blues family. He doesn't really know much about soccer or football, but he has been brought on board, the club says, to apply his extensive leadership experience and expertise across several areas, including sports science department to advise on health, nutrition, wellness and recovery systems and programs. That makes sense. So it's not like they've brought him into the coaching team to say, come on board, tell us where we're going wrong. It's to improve the, the player's fitness. So it could work. Okay, it's almost like a fashion thing at this point. It they, like is it. it just a thing he's doing in, uh, privately, or are they making a documentary about it? Is there some well, other angle? Being I would. Uh, so far, there's been no word of a documentary, but you know that little sizzle reel, that tease he put out when he said he was becoming part of it. I wouldn't be surprised if they retrospectively do something. Yeah, I don't know anything about football, but I don't think Birmingham is like top flight stuff, really. Yeah. Skype. Bet Championship That's Club. probably so just like, like who sponsors it, yeah. I'm guessing. So yeah. is that probably like a D-level? I don't know, yeah. Anyone out there know Birmingham? No, nah, nobody knows. But look at Wrexham. Yeah. Not many people knew Wrexham and now we all love okay, Wrexham. Okay, well, that was and... kind of sweet because it was a yeah. small yeah. club that needed, uh, like, this sounds like he's trying to make a big thing out of it. 
Uh, Tom Brady's family were over visiting Milltown Cavern where they came from a few weeks ago. No way. Uh, says Wes. Well, that makes sense because he's on this side of the world yeah. going over to Birmingham. Actually, I wonder if that means he's going to be living in Birmingham now. Gosh, oh, that's, if, a, that's a big price to pay. Isn't it? Really, I would have thought. <laughs> Have you ever been to Birmingham? No. Mm. Oh, okay. Would that wine expert know uh, Ipostini's Vervosud Susamaniello from the Puglia region can be sourced in Ireland? Uh, Thanks, says uh, uh, AD. No. Say it again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Serena. (laughs) Well, you'll have to come around here and say it. Yeah, you come around here and say it. That's a a big word there. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's... Suso Maniello from the Ooh. Puglia region. Oh, Vero Sud. Oh, let me start again. Ipastini's Vero Sud, Verso Sud, Suso Maniello. Si, no. <laughs> um, yeah. I will try and find out off the top of my head. Yeah. I don't yeah. recognise it, but there are lots of importers of wine and Italian wine, so I will try my best to find out yeah. and I will let you know. Uh, that sounds like I had that on my holidays and now I yeah, want to get yeah, it again be. kind of job. So this yeah. would be a starting, like this is available, widely available in so many independent shops, the Emory. So I could definitely give that a go and I'll try and find out for you about this one. Uh, Birmingham are a second tier team, but not far off from being back in the Premier League. So maybe Tom Brady will uh, make all the difference there. Anyway, we'll move on to our uh, second movie of the day. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Here's a clip. Mr. Splinter has given us a very important mission for tonight. The target is across the street. We must use stealth and cunning to infiltrate the human world and retrieve... Gogurt. Okay, Batman. Dude, what? I'm just trying to hype you guys up, okay? that list. Okay, what else are we getting? Four quarts of non-fat milk, ice cream, fruits and veggies, and a party-sized bag of Cool Ranch Doritos. I like cheese puffs. He was very specific about the party size. He underlined it twice. All right, Donnie, you're on toiletries. Raph, you're stocking up the pantry. And Mikey, you're on junk food. And remember, don't let any human see you. Because why? Humans are the demon scum of the earth. Avoid them. Don't say hi. They lust to murder that which is different from them. To interact with them is to die. And hey, I know that's objectively prejudiced, but that's what Dad taught us. Uh, I think humans seem kind of cool, to be honest. Beyonce, Drake. That guy's the goat of all time. Love to have a champagne brunch with Tom Brady. I fear he seems like a fun hang. Did he just say Tom Brady? That's weird. Yeah. That's like when Google is listening to you. I was going to say, it's like, excellent choice of clip. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just did that deliberately. Of course we did, yes. Yeah. Oh, Jess says she did. Okay, well done. If you say that. Okay, well done, Jess. Uh, right, okay, so uh, it, it's animated, it should be pointed out. This isn't, you know, kind it of It is a indeed. We are going thing. back to kind of the, not quite the classic Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with that epic theme song. This is like a very new style of animation. It is a bit grungy and gritty and almost kind of unfinished, but it really, really matches with what you're kind of seeing in the film itself. So after a few minutes when you're kind of looking and going, wow, that's a little bit strange, you're just all in. Like it actually fully just uh, like absorbs you into the storytelling, which is something that Meg 2 just did not. <laughs> so, <laughs> But yes, and this one is only 90 minutes. And it tells it in a quite a concise way, which is always very, very nice when you're going into the movies these days. And oh, geez, I, I actually could actually go on about how much I enjoyed it for quite some time. <laughs> OK, because uh, I saw the trailer for this as well. And I, I, I was wondering, who's it aimed at? Is it for kids? Is it for adults who are into animation? 
you know, where are we there with that? So they've actually found a balance really, really nicely between making sure that it's still kid appropriate, but having a few things in there that the adults are going to be able to enjoy as well, which that's something that a, a lot of films I found didn't really do a very good job at. <laughs> Super Mario. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> had to get that dig in there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the team behind this, it is Jeff Rowe, who is directing, and he also co-wrote it with Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. So Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, they've written and produced like a lot of different things. Like They're actually um, also producers of The Boys um, on Prime Video. And it is like probably one of the top uh, series that was, uh, mm. I think it was like, the top streamed series of last year I think it was or something like that um, so <laughs> they, they kind of know what they're doing and usually their humour would of course be more of the adult nature but this actually really proves that they can you know stick to their target audience yes, sort yes. of thing um, so it is something that you can bring the kids to but you will enjoy it just as much as well which I find always I really appreciate because at the end of the day there's only so many kiddie things you can watch like Bluey and all that jazz. I, I, I actually don't know any other kids. kids yeah, that's a fairly limited range of kids things you're talking about from yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. So they are. So so okay. So it's kind of cla- it's classic. There is this. It's not an origin story per se, is it? You already know who they are when you get there. You you do and you don't. So they they actually start off with um, how they came to be with um, Master Splinter and also became mutants, um, which is that there was a scientist who had actually created a mutant of, of his own. Um, will I spoil it? No, I won't spoil no, it. No, don't. <laughs> and he then, uh, as he was being apprehended by this group, um, all the vials went bye-byes and into the sewer where it, it came into contact with four little baby turtles and also a rat <laughs> who turns into Master Splinter and turns into our four mutant ninja turtles. Right, okay. So it does actually explain that bit. It does. Yeah. And the way it does it actually is that it stops as the vial falls into the sewer and then goes to the present day with the clip that we just heard. And then when we see Master Splinter again, he is then trying to tell them the story of like how he came to find them and what life was like. And then it also explains why he's so afraid of having them go up to the surface. Because when he did that once, they were always like when they were young, they were always so interested in going up in humans. And when he did that, people looked at them and went, oh, my God, like attack the attack the mutants, essentially. Yeah. Um, so he just became really afraid for them. And as a result never really wants them going up. The only time he lets them go up to the surface is to go shopping for groceries. And then they tend to kind of like do that teenagery thing and sneak around and try and take in a little bit more of of human life. Right. Okay. I'm pretty much out of time. So quick question. Um, uh, One texter says, is it dark at all? My eight-year-old found Toy Story 3 dark and scary. So... Yeah, I would kind of put it maybe on par with Toy Story 3. I think Toy Story had more of the like really gets you in the feels kind of darkness. But yeah. this one is a bit more just the tone of it throughout is just a little bit darker. Okay, fair enough. And one last very quick question uh, for Serena. How did it go with the boy at jo- uh, Bon Jovi? It didn't. <laughs> right, there you go. That's what you get for queuing up for Bon Jovi. Uh, Olivia, Serena and Linda, thank you all very much. That's our lot uh, for today. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk.